We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Without further ado, welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast, the gut reaction episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me tonight is Mr. Producer Extraordinaire himself, Scott Kennedy. We've been, Scott, having some fun bantering back and forth a little bit as we watch these closing two possessions of the Niners and the one pitiful three and out by the Broncos. But first things first, we'll, we'll get to all the end of game stuff, but like, let's talk about the most meaningful thing, which is really first things first, what's your biggest takeaway from what you saw from the first teamers and just overall tonight? My biggest takeaway on this one is my biggest concerns for this team right now. Didn't look like that big of concerns in this game. My biggest concerns have been in the trenches. My biggest concerns have been being able to hold up on the defensive line against someone that wants to run right at you and being able to run when you needed to on the offensive line. The Broncos were able to do that. My biggest concern on the team personnel-wise was Lloyd Cushenberry on the front in the middle of that line. Lloyd Cushenberry was doing just fine. Lloyd Cushenberry was doing combination blocks. He was teaming up with the guard on either side, getting a forward push, coming off of those, picking up another man. Lloyd Cushenberry is going to be the starting center on this team. I have zero doubt about that unless someone else comes in. Kyle Fuller ain't it, y'all. It's it's not going to happen. Lloyd Cushenberry played fine. The defensive side of the ball, pretty harsh on Jonathan Harris last year. Uh, You know, when when he played last year, this time last year, I said, I don't want to see him or McTelvin Ajim on a field when it matters. Jonathan Harris (laughs) is playing okay. Yeah. He's playing okay. DJ Jones is okay in the middle. Zach Allen. I'm not sure that those guys are perfect three, four down linemen, but they're doing well enough. My biggest takeaway from this single game, Chad, was the lack of rhythm in the passing game. Right. When they would drop back, whether it was Russell Wilson, whether it was Jarrett Stodham, whether it was Ben DiNucci, you never saw them drop back in rhythm and hit their first read. It just did not happen. Mm-hmm. Why not? I don't have the answer to that right now. I don't know why not. Was there nobody open? Was there no trust in your receivers? Is it a lack of comfort? I can't see over my linemen. I don't know. But the passing game was out of rhythm. And that was would be my biggest takeaway, my biggest concern from the things that I saw tonight. A good illustration of that 
is how the Broncos absolutely crushed it in the running game with 165 rush yards to San Francisco's 99. But in the passing domain, the Broncos with a pitiful 157 passing yards to San Francisco's 323. Now, granted, San Fran got a lot of a lot of passing yardage because of the demand of having to kind of speed things up at the end to catch up and take the lead, et cetera, and win this game. But uh, I would agree with you that there just doesn't quite seem to be everything clicking quite yet on the passing game. But I am encouraged on a couple of things. Sean Payton on Monday following the Arizona game kind of minimized all the pressure Russ was under and, and uh, Stidham for that matter. And so we'll get that fixed. Pressure was much less an issue tonight. They definitely cleaned up a lot of that stuff, but all that did, I think, Scott, is more, uh, even though they had more time, it made it more apparent for us watching that there's still some rhythm things missing right. um, that are probably just going to take more time on task for Russ and everybody else to get on point. Well, and last week you'd see it was, you know, it, what was it, three and out to begin with, and then – Series two was better. You know, it got a little bit better as you went on. But still, you know, one of the phrases that has stuck in my mind that I learned a long, long time ago was the broken play is no basis for an offense. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to do things in rhythm. Your short passing game right now isn't working. Okay, that that's a that's a problem. That's a big staple in a Sean Payton offense. All right. Well, what is working in the passing game? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That that's that's gonna and that's gonna take some time. That's the stuff that you you do you believe in Sean Payton? Do you think that Russell Wilson still has an arm to get it there? I do. Does he have the cerebrum, the intelligence to pick it up and get it done? And does he have the personnel on the other side? I think the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes. To what extent, I don't know. Is he ever going to be Drew Brees going for 5,000 yards a season? Probably not. Yeah. Does that does he have to be for this team to win and win big? No, no. But from a personnel standpoint and the things that scared me about this team in the trenches, they look pretty good tonight. Yeah. That was encouraging, Chad. There was a lot to take away um, that is positive. Unfortunately, just like – Sean Payton will be in a bad mood the rest of tonight. He'll be in a bad mood probably tomorrow. And maybe by Monday, he'll be feeling a little bit better because, and Broncos country similarly, because whether it's an exhibition game or whether Scott, it counts in the standings, you know, winning that's, that's paramount. Now there's a bunch of other sub priorities, obviously that take place within the scope of preseason action that also are important. And there's a reason why they play the preseason games. Uh, but let's put a pin in some of that for a moment and grab these very awesome Super Chat superstars and supporters who've been very patient, including Howie. What's freaking up, dude? It says, hey, fellas, now this game filled up the hope meter for me. The offense looked good. Russ looked comfortable stepping up. Russ did. Obviously, he was. they did a much better job protecting him this time around. I'm still a little bit alarmed of Ben Powers. I'm going, wait a minute. I thought that was like your calling card was – uh, interior uh, pass blocking, but overall, Russ did look more comfortable. They took care of him. It's just a the, the passing concepts and the rhythm, like we were talking earlier, still a little bit disjointed. But Scott, it's hard to really jump to a conclusion with that on the first team because Russ they they didn't play as much Russ anyway as much as I thought they were going to play Russ. What do you read into that, by the way? You know, I mean, it's it's a talking point, obviously, and how we appreciate you coming in and. 
we, we're definitely going to get to the supers that are stacking up. We'll run through those. So thanks, everybody, for being here with us tonight. But, you know, obviously, Russell Wilson is a, a big part of this team. He's a talking point anytime the Broncos suit up. He was the only starter that didn't return. Now, mm -hmm. I've got a zillion reasons of why that could be. Some positive, some negative, some logical. What did you read into the fact that he was the only starter that didn't come out for the second series? Well, notice Purdy was pulled the same time, basically, in terms of where it go. You know, but he wasn't the only one, though. Right. They pulled a lot of their first teamers. Russell Wilson was the only starter that did not go back out on the second series. The only one. I read into it this. It was enough of – he because it wasn't just a three and out, right? Um, they were able to stay on the field for a little bit. And I think Peyton was just like, all right, got to see what I needed to from Russ. Probably there were two or three specific priorities that he and the coaches wanted to hopefully get to while Russ was on the field tonight. And maybe they got to him all in that first possession. And he said, all right, good to go. It's a preseason game. We're going to need Russ. The logical most – the thing I, I got out of that was maybe Danucci's going to get most of the third game and there's a battle for the number two spot. Mm. We want to see, we want, we want um, Stidham to get as much time as we can with the ones and slash twos next week. I bet, I bet Danucci starts. That's my thought process. And that is maybe there's an actual battle for the number two quarterback position. And that's who they want to evaluate with, trying to do as much apples to orange apples and apples as they possibly can. It could be, but you the, have just the real pessimist in me. If I was a, Hey, look at me in this hot take scenario. I'd say he looked totally uncomfortable back there. Couldn't hit his first read to save his life. Sean Payton was sick of it and he yanked him. We've got a quarterback controversy on our hands. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, I consider it cause I consider everything cause I'm a crazy person. All these voices in my head, that was one of them. But no, I, I honestly think this might have more to do. Russ coming out has more to do with the number two quarterback position. Wouldn't be so. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Surprised. But in that vein, even if that was the thought process going into this one, like, hey, let's give, let's pull Russ early now that we're here, what we've seen in practice this week, so we can get as much Stidham tape tonight, and then because we're going to give more to Danucci in game three. I'm not sure Danucci really justified an additional uh, eating out of Jarrett Stidham's bowl possibility because. I don't know. He just wasn't very good when he was asked to actually drop back and, and pass. But Naj, bro, thank you for being patient. You know we love you. You know we appreciate you. He says, the takeaways, Russ looks confident. The O-line, slightly better. McLaughlin, Jalil, ex- uh, excellent. Backup quarterbacks, worse than last year. Offense, still inconsistent. Special teams, better. Really hope we win. Mostly agree with all that. Special teams coverage units were a little bit leaky tonight. That was one thing that was uh, solid in the first game, and you got some decent returns on in the punk uh, arena of things for the Broncos tonight. They were they allowed I think too much yardage on returns, but again, this is all stuff that when I really think about like Sean Payton last Monday talking about all that pressure that was being relinquished on the quarterbacks and how they were going to clean that up. I, I take a lot of comfort and confidence in the fact that one game removed, yep, they cleaned a lot of that up. I would say that O-line was better than slightly better, though, Scott, tonight. Um, but Compared to last week, they were a yeah. lot better yeah. than last week. Now, Ben Powers still concerned me in pass pro. What is going on with him? You know, it was if, if, if he was singled up on his guy and it was, you know, that, that – I've got to hold on to this guy by myself. He was getting beat inside, getting beat outside. That is a concern. When I needed to run the ball, I could. When's the last? This is my third year covering this team, Chad. You haven't been able to say that in three years about the number Broncos. I need, I need a yard. I can get it. I can yeah. get it. Cushionberry is getting a push forward. Miners is getting a push forward, and uh, and and Ben Powers is getting a push forward. Now I've got. Very different backs because Naj, you 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 were talking about the diff the the difference the different backs. Mm-hmm. I got Javante Williams. He's not just a hammer because a hammer is just kind of straight. He's got like a little bit of wiggle and slide to him too, where he's like a pile driver. I don't even know what to call him. Yeah. And then McLaughlin, for as small as he is, he's got little subtle cuts within the tackles in all that traffic in order to squirt through tight spots and still be a short yardage runner, even though he's diminutive. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. You can get yardage. You can get short yardage now when you need to. That is a huge improvement for this team. And just one thing I love watching McLaughlin so far is he's just savvy with his presence of mind in those real-time live bullet moments that get broken down in fractions of a second that some guys just freak out and panic and they never can quite be themselves for him, it's like the game slows down in those fractions of a second. Like that second touchdown he got on the receiving thing, pausing temporarily, let everybody flow right by him and into the end zone. Naj, number two tonight, bro, love you. Says, another blown fourth quarter lead. I don't like how much this is feeling more and more like the last several seasons. Broncos have no idea how to win close games disappointing. So for what it's worth in terms of context, Naj's first super chat came at 923 uh, Mountain Time. Uh, be, well before the game. I mean, the, the Niners hadn't even scored that uh, touchdown yet. So, and then they did. Then they missed the second or the ex, uh, the two point conversion. 
Broncos three and out. Then of course, Trey Lance gets it back, goes down, scores a field goal. And that's that. So what's your message to Naj Scott on the subject of it feeling a little too close to what it's been um, in terms of closing games out, best performance, saving it for the clutch, knowing how to win. I get it. I understand. And it takes some time. This team, we've talked about culture a lot, Nosh, and how that doesn't happen necessarily in one year and what it's going to take and why some players who might seem like good players might not be here next year and why some guys aren't here anymore because there needed to be a culture change with this team. There needed to be an attitude adjustment as we might say down here South. Um, and, and that's part of it. And, and it will come. I, again, I'm not going to hand ring at all. If they had missed that field goal and the Broncos won, if they had stopped them at the 50 and never even got a field goal, I don't care. It doesn't change what I'm looking for. The win loss for this game, what I'm evaluating, what the coaches are evaluating, what they're looking at the win loss pretty much 99% doesn't matter. It's about personnel at this point in, in this point of the season. And from a personnel standpoint, I'm liking what I've seen with the improvements I've seen in the trenches. Now it's about getting everybody clicking on the same page offensively. And then, you know, turn some guys loose. When I saw a lot to like on defense too, that we can get into over the course of the next 30, 45 minutes, Chad. We definitely will. We definitely will. Naj, love you, big dog. We'll continue to talk about that subject, I'm sure, uh, as tonight's show marches on. FA, though, top rope. Boom. Love it. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate you uh, helping us keep the lights on. We stay up late like this for you, so thank you, big dog. He says, another loss, but I'm very encouraged with the first-team offense and defense. Russ looks like his old self. So great seeing Javante out there. Third-team defense, oof, cannot lose any starting defenders and then he goes on to say with another wow, top rope super chat you, what a difference a competent coach makes we looked better than last week on offense even mar looked good yes a little bit of confidence restored in mar uh half faith broncos country the operation looks great i'm very well encouraged uh appreciate you seriously bro means a lot to us but um yeah i'm not I'm really not – there's nothing that I've seen so far that is hyper-concerning. Would you prefer in a perfect world to have wins in the preseason? Sure. But it's a matter of like Scott was talking about, flushing out personnel, figuring out how things are working in real game-time situations, who's going to stick, who's going to bounce. Um, but it is something now that there's two games in a row, late-game collapses, late-game lack of poise. Again, if you go back to that – uh, final possession of the Niners, you had Vance Joseph on the sideline, who's normally actually quite a, I mean, from what I remember him is two years in Denver, Scott, quite a uh, copacetic. Now, granted, that's as a head coach who kind of needs to maybe maintain a more uh, ambassador kind of um, outward thing. But not all of them are like that. Tonight, he was pissed. He was not happy with some of the lapses he was seeing from his dudes. So if that was first teamers, you'd be freaking out. But it wasn't, guys. It wasn't. And, and coaches coach. I mean, I, I know this sounds ridiculously simplistic, but if you've ever coached at all, it doesn't matter what the score is. You could be up seven and nothing. You could be down seven and nothing in a baseball game. You still want to see your players, your kids compete. You still want to see them doing the right things because that's what you spend all this time doing. And it makes you feel like a dumbass 
if they're out there making stupid mistakes, it reflects poorly on you. So they're going to coach their butts off no matter who's on the field. That's just who they are. Yeah. Now, how concerned they would be, you can tell by the waiver wire the next week. That's when you can start telling how concerned they are. And you can't do that yet because you're carrying 90 guys. When you can see how concerned they are about the players on the field that have been on the field in the last drive of the last two games, let, let, tell me how many of those guys are going to be on the 69-man roster, 53 yeah. plus 16. Yeah. How many? There might be two or three that were out there. Yeah, Maybe. Jail Skinner will make it. Drew Sanders will make it. Garcia's – I'm liking Garcia's outlook now. Another um, positive. Again, I mentioned the trenches. Yep. I, I see a little bit of depth in the trenches as well. Um, yep. You know, with Garcia out there, uh, there was another guy that caught my eye a little bit. Again, I'm, I want to – I've been harsh enough on Jonathan Harris. I want to say, okay, listen, I like the way he was playing. Um. Garcia is probably the one, though, as far as the next level. There's still not a lot of depth there on the defensive line. Yeah. Um, hey, Cody, thank you, buddy. Appreciate the support on Facebook. Mike saying, hey, on a side note, Drew Locke has balled out these past two games. Appreciate you, Mike. Um, and that is good to see. But tonight we ought to really keep it on Broncos. We don't have as much time as we maybe normally like. Thank you for the support. You know we love you, Mike. The Triple C in the house, Colby, saying, my take from this game, a plethora. Scott, is it? plethora or plethora ah, for me it's plethora that doesn't it's, mean it's right though to me it's whatever the mood strikes me so tonight <laughs> the mood is plethora says colby of running backs and we seem to be getting some pressure on them that's a big one for me all right that, that's it. a big one for me colby and chad and, and the rest of y'all broncos country you've got depth at the edge okay the the you've got four four guys in there that can get to the pat from the edge position that can can put pressure on the quarterback. Benito was it's in my I I kept notes I kept bullet points this whole time, and through the second half I was like Benito is just wreaking havoc in this game. He they his backside pursuit is next level because of his speed. Yeah. If you do not, and you've never faced this guy before, and that's the beauty about an edge, you don't really have to make but one play a game to, to impact a game. If I'm facing him for the first time and it's third and 13, and I don't respect his speed to the outside, he's going to cause a problem for my quarterback that could be a game-changing play. Yeah. Uh, if I am singled up on him and he's able to give me a little shoulder dip and go inside, Jonathan Cooper – Looking good. Randy Gregory was out there for three full quarters on a rotation, but he was out there till the end of the third quarter. Baron Browning, get healthy, and you've got a, a five-man crew out there that can that can do some things. The pass rush will be better this year. It will be better, Chad. Yes, I agree. And it's, it's starting to not sound quite so hyperbolic, what Vance Joseph said a week and a half back, that this is the deepest edge room I've had in a long time. To, and this to be is, able to put a fresh, fresh legs out there in the fourth quarter is like stealing. It is. I mean, that's 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 a cheat code. It's very nice to see, and I'm really encouraged by Jonathan Cooper. And I don't know, it's weird how numbers and stuff can just kind of change the, an aesthetic <laughs> for a player, but he just looks dope out there in the zero on the edge. It's just really cool to see him uh, being well, productive. 53 or something last year? 53, yeah. 53, it's like, that's a linebacker number. Now you yeah. look like I've got some attitude. Yeah. There was a, there was a linebacker who's uh, he was wearing like a sixty. I'm like, dude, you're not Ray Nitschke. You know, <laughs> tell him that he needs to change his number. He's a he's a six foot white kid. 
mm. trying to get recruited, change his number. He was out there in like four at edge the next <laughs> time. I'm like, there you go. Don't be out there in 61. They're going to think you're slow. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Alonzo, brother, thank you for the very generous support, my friend. He says, I'm getting an opening, getting an opening drive field goal was such a sigh of relief. The O-line was better. Javante looked great. Mar made a long field goal all against a good Niners defense. That's a good thing to emphasize here, too, is this was a, a respectable top-level defense, which oh, also – Oh, man, not if you listen to the uh, – it was so funny, Chad. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. Me. Listening to the national broadcast, they were interviewing Vernon Hargrave – or, I'm sorry, Javon Hargrave down mm. to the bottom uh, afterwards and just gushing about – Man, what is it like playing on this team with this di- dude? He was he just won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. <laughs> they had 70 sacks last year. Do you think he's gonna come in here to the 49ers and be like, wow? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, guys, forest, trees, you know, yes, thanks. Indeed. You're gonna help make us better. That could have been one of the factors on why after a productive, long, kind of sustained scoring drive to open things up for Russ, he pulled him. But anyway, he goes on to say, uh, thanks for the great content, fellas. Hashtag MHH for life. Really appreciate that. Um, Scott, what did you make of Javante Williams night? Let's talk about him for a moment. The fact that he was out there was amazing to me. Um, what was the, the first play was a little like a drop screen play or something. And then the second time he's lined out out wide in a four-man four wide receivers trips right he's at the bottom of the screen by himself and i'm saying to myself why do they do this that's like having 10 men on the field they never throw in the ball sure enough here comes yeah. russ broken out left and they throw the ball javante williams makes a diving catch, nice catch yeah. first down it came back for a penalty yeah and i don't know if the officials have some you, you talk about them oh yeah they're really focusing that on this this year Good lord! It seems like they're throwing holding flags, like you—they're getting—they're getting paid per flag right now. I, not just this game. I'm talking about every game I've watched. I'm seeing little ticky tack holding calls. I'm like, guys, you can't call these, or it's going to be the longest season of all time. Yeah, there's a there's a nice happy medium. That's one thing about the 2020 season that there was a lot that sucked about it, including no fans and all that, and limited access. Really, no access. But it was nice that they kind of just let the players play. Unless it was super egregious, they they kept their laundry in the pocket. Tom, what's up, buddy? Thank you for the super. He says, the O-line looks so much better. Cush, a second great game. I don't know how, but he looked like our best O-lineman two games now. Uh, Williams and McLaughlin, wow. Yeah, see, that's the thing too, Scott, is it was really cool to see how active. It's like 
Sean Payton wasn't just about let's get Pookie some snaps. Like he was straight force feeding my dog touches. Like let's get that rust. Let's really test. Doesn't seem like the Broncos are at all really afraid of his knee. Like it's more of a, hey, let's help you get the rust off, dude, because you're good to go. Uh, I'm glad because I'm telling you every time he hits the ball, I'm I'm clutching my pearls. You know, that's not quite the right, you know, uh, phrase, but I'm we get I'm, it. I'm nervous when he touches the ball up my heart's in my throat. I'm I'm please get up, please get up. You know, on, on one of those plays, he goes to the right side and there's guys falling on the back of his legs, and I'm just like, oh come please. Yeah. Um any word speaking of oh no on Jalen Virgil. Is there anything that's come out after? Uh y'all let us know in the chat. Yeah, you guys let us know. It looked like you know he he grabbed calf, high calf, low knee area on the outside of his leg after he got rolled up on that one. Hope it's not an Achilles. Um wasn't that low. No, that it wasn't that low. He was he was he his his hand covered what would have been the lower part of his outside of his knee or upper calf on the outside of his right leg. Yeah. Mike, bro, thank you. Generous super chat helping us out tonight. He says, Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you, Scott, for reminding everyone this is preseason. Saw improvement tonight for sure. <laughs> no kidding. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> yeah, hey, it is. But you know, it's understandable, like Opethian. Uh, if I can find it, we can't keep losing by a single point. What the hell? Totally get it, dude. It's it's. I don't think anyone would be feeling nearly as sketch sketched out about it if it wasn't on the heels of the seven last seven years that have been the last seven years. So I think Broncos country can be forgiven for taking it maybe a little bit harder than um, might be uh, uh, you know required here. And so there, there might be four know. million Broncos fans in the United States. <laughs> 300, 3,900,000 of them probably didn't watch the fourth quarter. They just, the win loss, I, I know, but it doesn't matter. It just, it, it doesn't matter, y'all. Uh, it's a preseason win loss record is about the most meaningless stat on earth. Yeah. Huero, dude, it's good to see you. Been a minute. Uh, this is a long-standing Super Chat superstar at MHH. Great to see you, bud. And we still love your YouTube profile pick. It's top level. And are Sorry, you I be there. Are you going to be there this year? For the, but it was good to see you last year. Uh, we'll yes. be back for the meet and greet. So hopefully you'll be there again. October 22nd. He says, Sorry, I haven't been on live, guys. M made my life busier back in February, but try to watch after, though. No worries, bud. He says, Russ looks better, but we need a second or third string quarterback. You know, Scott, um, this is as good an opportunity as any of something I was kind of, I felt prompted to do when you started talking about rhythm, quarterback rhythm and stuff, because it's quite evident when you look at this, uh, might be hard for some of you. So I'm going to go full screen just for a second. So you can see it. Cause it's hard to blow up, um, this page. So real quick, look at this Niners, every zoom, quarterback zoom scroll, every quarterback here, 93 point one 93.2 118.8 then you look at the broncos stidham ended up for you know whatever reason 92.8 russ 60 danucci 89.9 now i only bring that up to further illustrate that after kind of being slightly encouraged by danucci uh in game one i'm a little bit less stoked on him not stoked a little less confident that there's as much of a true competition for QB2 than maybe we might have surmised coming out of 
week one. And that's not because Stidham was great tonight. He wasn't. He was pretty pedestrian, but he, he wasn't terrible. He was just like barely passable. You know what I mean? And no Danucci, he didn't look Danucci as loose and kind of like having fun out there and in the critical moments, just wasn't making plays. So hopefully, um, well, all I can say is we'll see how that shakes out next week. If we were willing to try and use an excuse for Russell Wilson and Jarrett, Russell Wilson especially, that he was the most pressured quarterback in the game out of about 70 quarterbacks that played last week, he was number one. Jarrett Stidham was number three. If we wanted to talk about them, and, and Russell Wilson still had 103 quarterback rating last year, last week. We, if we were going to use that, then we can't then just give Ben DiNucci the automatic, well, he looked better when he only had an 11% pressure rate, which was bottom 5%. So Jarrett Stidham was under a ton of pressure. Ben DiNucci was under zero pressure. Okay, well, he had a chance to get a first down, and San Francisco brought some heat. He went three and out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So be fair. Try and do apples to apples when you're making your comparison, and we'll see just how much a uh, a competition there is. Based on his contract, Jarrett Stidham's not going anywhere. And frankly, pretty much every team in the league, if they lose their number one, they're in big trouble. That's just that's just the way it, the way it is. And there's very few teams that have built quarterback agnostic systems out there you you happen to be facing one of them if not the only one of them tonight right very good point howie what's up bro again he says pookie look rock solid run game look better all around does any rookie quarterback look enticing around the nfl that might not make their current teams hashtag buckham uh thank you bro scott real quick because we're already 45 minutes into our stream. We got to hop off soon. Which, yeah, but we 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 started at 15 in. So we're only that's 30 true. In. That's true. But guys, any burning topics, get them in the chat. We're we're narrowly, we're getting we're approaching rapid fire time just because there's some written stuff that has to get up, um, etc. That I'm gonna have to take care of. But what's your thought, your answer for them on any rookies across the NFL might look decent enough who could be cut? There are there aren't gonna be anybody that's cut that's if a rookie's any good, you're keeping him because he's cheap. dirt cheap that's the cheapest thing you can do so howie i wouldn't be looking for a a rookie cut to come in and be better than what you've got already if they are if they're better than jared stidham they're not getting cut jacob bro thank you hutton jumping in he says not impressed with frank clark in this game couldn't get a push in the pass rush couldn't defend the edge in the second half um yeah frank clark was probably as far as the top four edge rushers that saw the field tonight he's like the least impactful but um you know that's kind of his game is he's more of the plotter he's more of like you know the steady guy that eventually uh just because he's out there and he's he's savvy enough as a vet and he's got some strength and power he'll eventually get his but he's kind of a guy, I think, Scott, who traditionally takes a little time to get rolling. And that's in a macro sense, like throughout a season, but especially in games. I'm not really worried about Frank Clark. Uh, Jacob, I-, I think this is a great point because I agree with you 100%. And that Frank Clark was a non-factor for the most part. But correct me if I'm wrong, this was his first action in the preseason. It is. He's a 10-year veteran. They probably said, Frank, go out there and get your legs loose. Don't do anything you know, crazy out there. Don't hurt yourself get a couple bumps and bruises and then, and then, you know, come shower and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have, we'll have dinner tonight. So 
that Frank Clark is out there at all is just to to get ready. You you I bet you don't see him next week. Yeah. Michaela, what's up? Good to see you tonight. Thank you for the super. The refs, she says, at the end of the first half were not good. What did you make of that last one tick of the clock thing after the Virgil injury and they're trying to, to turf it? On the rules, is every play, do they treat it like college and every play is re reviewable under two minutes? Because if it is, they should have stopped it to look and see if he actually scored the freaking touchdown. Yeah. Um, the The rule was... You know, they they talked about on the on the other broadcast. Y'all might not have seen that on the Broncos one. Uh, Mike, it's not Florio. I can't remember the name. This he was the original rules guy for Fox that everybody followed, and he's really oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the color guy for the Broncos or the the play by play guy said, "I got a text for it," and they said, "In order to overturn that call to put time back on the clock, there has to be two seconds on it to make sure that there is room for human error." Mm -hmm. I promise you there were not two seconds left. No, on the clock. that's true. There was a shot clock and it was like 0.2. It was fractions. Good enough. Yeah. However, that play should have been reviewed to see if you actually scored a touchdown. If that is a reviewable play. And if it is, can you throw a challenge flag? If you don't have any timeouts left, you can't challenge under two minutes, no matter what anyway. Yeah. So that, that should have been reviewed to see if he scored, frankly. Agreed. Um, Doug, so I didn't keep up with this game. Are we making good progress to be a competitive team in the regular season? Uh, what do you think, Scott? And by the way, thank you, Doug. Absolutely. This looks like a this looks like a competent team. I know, um, Doug, you've you've watched us enough that on you know whether it's Broncos for breakfast or one thing. So what do you expect to see? I I expect to see competency at the very freaking least. I, I expect to see a coherent game plan. I expect to see coherent play calls. Do any of that, and you were probably knocking on the door of 500 last year with the, you know how many one-score games you were in. Yep. Just flipping a couple of those just by you know not going out there like a bunch of, I'm sorry, but buffoons. And you guys were there. Y'all were there. You're counting down the clock for them so they'd know when to get the playoff. Yes. This team, is it, does it still have its work? Does it still have work to do? Absolutely. Does it still have a good core and a nice talent base for this roster? Yes, it does. Is this going to be a team that can beat anybody that they line up against on any given Sunday? Yes, it is. We'll see how, how far that's going to take you. I'll stick by my 10 and 7 right now, Chad. By the way, uh, special props and extra credit, 78, Leadhead, for I couldn't care less. You got that right, bro. Pet peeve. He <laughs> says, I couldn't care less. We go 0-3 in the preseason, but I know who does care. Sean Payton. He does in a perfect world, but he also has bigger fish to fry with that regular season coming. Mike, bro, thank you. Uh, again, he says, I think one reason Russ came out early is joint practice this week. Thoughts? Go Broncos, MHH. So maybe Scott anticipating that it could be a little bit more intense this next week with the Rams in town. Expected to have two joint, at least one joint practice. Of all the of all the teams I watch right now, and I watch, I watch a lot of the Falcons, I watch a lot of the Colts, I watch a lot of the Broncos. The Colts and Falcons and whoever they played, they were they were doing joints with the Dolphins and Bears. But the Colts didn't play but maybe two or three of their starters after joint practices. Falcons didn't play any mm -hmm. after joint practices. And then they all started the next week. You've seen a lot of the starters for the Broncos in the first two games. I don't think they're, they're going to go hard in joint practices. And then 
the third preseason game is going to be for roster spots 45 through 69. You're not going to see a lot of your 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 first and second team. You'll see your second team. Those they'll start the game. You won't see a lot of your first teamers in this next game. You're pretty much done until the preseason until the regular season game now, Mike. This is the worst by the way. Uh Dylan currently stuck in the Niners parking lot. Like I like going out while I'm there, whether I'm going to a show, whether I'm going to a game, it doesn't matter. I like it when I'm out, but when I'm trying to get out and it's, I'm just in gridlock, I hate that. And so, like, I'm that guy, Scott, who when it's, like, five minutes into the fourth quarter, I'm going, you guys ready to go? No, 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 we want to stay because I want to beat Let's the crowd. Let's not talk about leaving until we've actually gone in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, anyway. the turning into your parents, the Geico ads or progressive. Definitely. Hell, I don't know who it is. Phil, dude, you are a prince. Um Saying evening, I'm pleased with what I saw. Russ still has some go in those legs. Definitely, Scott, that's one thing is, you know, all the all the much ado that was made about Russ losing some of his twitch in his legs. It turns out it, it was some of those extra LBs, I think. And because uh, he did look nice today, especially tonight um, when he did break the pocket and especially that one long run. You know, seeing that blitz where the pocket just peeled around him and he's like open territory right in front of him on third down, moves up, gets the first. Like just really cl much closer, Scott, to the poised presence of mind, Russ, with some twitch to him. He's got the arm. We know that uh, when the in critical moments than we saw at any point really last season. So to see that in a preseason game where it's meaningless in a very low exposure in terms of the number of reps he saw, I'm encouraged. Turn it into eye candy. You know, pull it and go. Once a game is all it takes to slow down that edge. One time a game, yep. if you pull it, if you have the threat of the run, you, you've got to play it honest. And he's a good enough runner to, if you don't play it honestly, you can get 15 or 20 yards. It's You don't have to be super fast in order to take advantage of, they're in man, they all drop back, and I can pick up 15 yards before anybody even knows I took off running. Because I can still outrun, you know, most of the interior defensive linemen. And the edges have to turn around and come catch me. And by then it's too late. Guys, uh, we're about out of time. We got to keep tonight a little bit kind of tighter. Um, so burning topics, get them in the chat. We'll try to get to them. Faded Wolf, appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you tonight. Hello, Broncos country. I feel comfortable how things are shaping up. I really wanted a win just for the confidence boost. However, really great show. Thanks, buddy. MHH for life, Durham Broncos for life. Yeah. Again, in a perfect world, do you want that win? Yes. Do you want to not see your your third and fourth string guys uh, crumble and the chips are down two, two games in a row? Yes. But Scott made a great point earlier. How many of those guys who relinquished the plays to Trey Lance tonight uh, and relinquished the plays to the Cardinals in the clutch last week are actually going to be on this roster two and a half weeks from now? The answer is maybe two or three of them, maybe two or three of those guys defensively. So don't be tripping on it too hard but yes i'm i'm feeling comfortable i don't really i haven't been moved off my like you you were talking about scott you still feeling 10 and 7 i'm right there with you dude i haven't seen anything that takes me or puts me off of that so far yeah uh faded wolf appreciate you on that um again it's uh, you're worried about personnel and and just cleaning things up you don't want to see uh, there's there's too many penalties and i swear to god a lot of the penalties i've seen so far i'm like why is that being called on, on both sides? A lot of the holdings I've seen are just, what are you talking about on these? There was one called on Kendall Hinton who didn't have a great game tonight, by the way. We can start talking personnel during the week 
about who's on the bubble, who's not. Kendall Hinton's on that bubble, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have the best game in the world. He did make a nice kickout block on uh, Julio McLaughlin's uh, touchdown run. Um, Howie, we were talking about rookie quarterbacks. He says Jake Luton on the Panthers uh, was a quarterback I was referring to the most. Howie, uh, Jake's in his fourth year in the NFL. Um, so he was drafted in 2020. So again, um, he's on a, he would be on a second contract. And if they could find a rookie that they thought was as good as him, he will be available because yeah. he would be cheaper. Hey, look appreciate, who it is. Appreciate the stars again, Howie. Yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, Patrick giving an aloha and some good vibes. Uh, bro, thinking about you, dude. Yes. I know, I know it's not your island, but it's 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 your islands. That's right. That's right. So good to see you tonight, bro. Uh, David Wilder again. Thank you, buddy. He says I think the play calling will win us at least five more games in the regular season. I think eleven and six preseason record means nothing. That's the spirit. Um, and I just like seeing Sean Payton out there being intense, doing his thing. I like how he's down there at the one second mark thing at the end of the second or first half, Scott, where, you know, I'm glad to hear on the uh, national broadcast, they talked about the rule that there has to be two seconds, but still Sean Payton doesn't want to hear that. He's down yeah. there in their face doing his thing. He's a decent lip reader. And he said that was baloney. Yeah, that was baloney. Um, it's not quite what he said, but um, it, it was, it was BS. He said about that. And again, you want him to be. You want him to be on that. And and again, coaches are intense. Once they get in game, I've I've had good friends of mine that are high school football coaches that have stayed at my house overnight before we've gone on trips. I will not talk to them on game days. I will flat out not talk to them. They're unapproachable. <laughs> it's and these are professionals. They're yeah. they're not pleasant people. On game days. That's right. All right, two more guys, and I'm sorry to say we got to cut it off unless there's any last burning supers that come in, but. Michael Davis, bro, thank you. Great to see you tonight. He says, gents, he's got an ascending and a descending list here. So maybe risers are, and fallers, for lack of a better term. Ascending, he's got the pass rush, McLaughlin, uh, Javante, Drew Sanders, Damari Mathis, McMillian, uh, Tony Jones, who honestly, outside of one play, I was about to say to you guys tonight, I've I, I'm, I've seen all I need to see from Tony Jones. But he did have that nice run, although it was like, dude, he's slow. He's slow. But still, then he says lots to like on the descending side, the wide receiver blocking penalties and Kendall Hinton, Scott. Want to give a shout out to a guy I have been relentlessly critical of over the last three years who had a nice special teams play uh, and Fabian Moreau busting his ass down there as a gunner yep. and getting down there. That's how he can make that team because McMillian was also I put he was my first note. Because you've got a speedy kickoff return man, and McMillian came parallel to the line of scrimmage and took him down while he was running away from him. I was like, that was impressive. Yeah. Uh, the blocking penalties, Kendall Hinton did have a nice kickout block on that touchdown run. He came in motion, took the corner out of the play, gave, opened up that, uh, that lane. But other than that, I agree with you, Michael. Kendall Hinton had some trouble. One of my descending is a short passing game altogether. Mm-hmm. It's hard to run a screen. Lloyd Cushenberry is not quick enough to get out wide enough to kick out his man once he gets out there. He's arriving late, and the guy he's supposed to be on is already in the face of the receiver. The screen game needs work. work. But you can tell. And I don't know if you're going to be able to do it with the personnel you've got. We'll see, but you can tell that it's a priority. They're trying to to see what's what on that because – uh, I think Sean Payton, as we know, he likes to use that strategically. Naj, number three tonight, bro. Thank you. 
He says, I hope BJ is learning what he could, <clears throat> pardon me, and should call in the last two, three minutes of a game. Undoubtedly, we will be in this situation time and time again this year, and the defense will need to make a stop. Hope this preseason helps with that. Scott, your thoughts. They're rushing four on these. We can talk about this all this, all you want to, you know, about how they're going to attack it. I don't want to see a four-man rush, but the four they're rushing in the last two minutes of these games have been Christopher Allen, who hasn't played in about three years, and I'm not sure who was on the other side. I think it was Thomas Incombe, an uh, undrafted in free agent. Incombe and Haynes were kind of rotating. So – those are your guys that are out there in the last two minutes. I want to see pressure in the last two minutes, not not a four man rush on every single play ever. I, I, the present the prevent defense just prevents you from winning. I think we can all agree with yeah. that. Yep. But I want to see fresh legs out there. And we talked about early in the early in the show, having that really deep. You got a rotation of five guys that can get to the quarterback right now. Having that, I might be able to rush four. And get to remember when the Bengals beat the, the Chiefs? You know, they yep. did it. Yep. They rushed three and got pressure. Pressure. They were playing coverage. There, it was the Vic Fangio dream. You could play oh, coverage because you were getting pressure, pressure with, with guys. Three. You're, I don't care who's back there, including Patrick Mahomes. You're going to beat him if I can get to the quarterback with three guys. Well said. And it's not going to be Christopher Allen and Thomas Incombe in the fourth quarter of a game that matters. All right, guys. Last one. Then we got to go from Dave. From Georgia, we're twinners tonight, rocking the Buckums. MHHmerch.com. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, buddy. He says, hey, Chad and Scott, hello, Broncos country. I'm out of the loop. What's our receiver room look like now? Hashtag Buckham Broncos country. Thank you, buddy. Uh, what has been some of your observations in the preseason of the receiving core thus far? Mims, Judy, Sutton, quietish for the most part, and Dulcich. That, that's the way I see four right now. For your your top four receivers. Uh, after that, I've seen bad from everybody. I saw Callaway. I saw little Jordan Humphrey. Uh, Virgil, they'll see how he comes out of this. Has actually looked like one of the better players. Hinton had a tough game. Yeah, um, might be it for Hinton. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see what happens with uh, you know with Hinton. Um, Nick Williams, Grimes, Montreal, Washington. No, 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 and no, and no, and we haven't seen Brandon Johnson. So. I got four guys that you can count on. Jalen Virgil is a wild card, and I see why you're still bringing in receivers to try out right now. Also, uh, for what it's worth, uh, Rodney, I think Aaron Patrick is cut. I do too, and I'm not going to cry over it one whit because there's just something about that guy that bugs me. String guy, uh, yeah, dude, look forward to seeing it. Uh, let me make sure you send some picks, dude. I want to uh, – Mark Holcomb. Oh, yeah, I've seen the picks. Okay, cool, cool. Lots of family health issues, he said. Been very busy. I'll get you a pick at some point. No, I haven't seen the pick. What am I thinking here? I don't know what you're talking about. We're so. talking about guitars, bro. We're talking <laughs> the lingo of true artists here. Anyway, look forward to that, brother. But, guys, we got to dip on out of here. So, before we do, thank you for being with us tonight. Much love and respect. You know we appreciate each and every one of you for staying up late uh, to talk about what we saw this evening from your Broncos. Connect with our Twitter account at the MHH pod. Connect with our main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Uh, get yourself a hat. Get yourself a t-shirt. MHHmerch.com. Get your swag on. Thank you for helping us cross 10,000 followers on our Huddle Up. or Huddle Up. There's some vintage uh, faux pas for you. Mile High Huddle podcast Facebook page. We're going to be doing something fun to celebrate that, so stay tuned. Connect on Instagram. Scott is a furious uh, 
video clip making uh, cat right now that we're just dropping video after video on the Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle and our uh, TikTok. So connect over there and don't forget to leave us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. Really helps us subscribe, like, share. You guys know the drill. And Scott, last time I butchered it, bro. So why don't you do the send off tonight? I was just going to say thanks again to uh, we, we had several people come in, Howie, Colby, uh, Doug, etc. on Facebook. And then we had lots of people come in tonight on YouTube, uh, our, our Super Chat superstars, uh, Troy, David, Naj several times, Alonzo, Tom, Lockoff, Mike, Etzel, F.A. coming in hot twice. Huge. Twice. Huero, good to see you again, buddy. Uh, Jacob Hutton, Michaela Israel. Hope you all are doing well. Uh, Faded Wolf Gaming. Uh, David again, Michael Davis, and Dave from Georgia. And Thanks Jasmine at the 11th every hour. One of you. And Jasmine, who just loves coming in at the buzzer, this time we caught you. We were able to say thank you in person. So thank you, Jasmine. I hope you enjoyed a gorgeous day in the south in the metro Atlanta area where, uh, where she's from today. Oh, look at Deanna coming in here. The ladies sending us to bed. That's, that's right. where I'm headed. Going to sleep uh, well tonight. way past Trust. my bedtime. So, Deanna, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, if anything's on your mind, hit us up on Twitter. Y'all both know where to find us. Again, thank you to our super chat superstars. We will be back tomorrow night. Zach will be back in my spot um, for the Mile High Huddle podcast. Uh, until next time, as always, go Broncos. Love you guys. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.